I still, every single service, get butterflies in my stomach. I do. Love that. I still feel like the it's like a theater. I, and I speak to people about that. You know when, when uh, restaurant people get together and they gather in corners and they talk about like table 87 and blah, 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 blah. I have to remind people or, you know, some guy's like touching his hair or who knows. <laughs> I have to remind people that restaurant is theater. People are watching you the whole time. It's theater. Act like a pro. Very open environment, open kitchen layout, open. I mean, this place is about as honest as you can be in that regard. So yeah, people are being watched, and and there've been countless times where uh, a, a great guest has, you know, noticed things and brought it to our attention. So um, so I speak of it like that, and I really feel that that people come here for a little bit of an escape, and you know they don't want to see the mechanics of it sometimes. You know, they just want the the the, the final product on a table or. Uh, you know the the elegance of it so it, it it is like theater it is like a ballet yeah. um and i do i feel i feel revved up every single service and if that ever goes away i'm i'm i gotta go ladies and gentlemen what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight and now we invite you to relax let us pull up a chair as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Well, hello. My name is Lawrence. Um, I am a chef, and I'm a chef in San Francisco at a restaurant called Nopa. And uh, I cook and talk to people all day. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, interviewing with me today. I definitely wanted to ask you a lot of questions about your background, um, since people out here in San Francisco are always so fascinated to hear about the origins of people who started some of their favorite restaurants. So really wanting to get a little bit of insight into where you're originally from. Well, certainly. Um, I'm originally South African. Interesting. No accent. No, no, no. I, I've been here a long time. I'm old. I'm, I'm just hitting 47. And I've been in the States since, uh, since I was nine. Wonderful. So a long time. We moved to Houston, Texas for some culture shock. Yeah, how was that? Oh, horrible. <laughs> I mean, fantastic. Do you and have any stories? Uh, I just remember the closer, uh, what is it, the, the bigger the hair, the closer to God, <laughs> right? Um, but l- escaped there, and we moved to Los Angeles. Nice. Um, That's where I'm originally from, too. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And escaped there when I was about 18, 19 years old mm-hmm. and came, to, came home, basically. This is the first place I've ever felt like I was at home. Um, and I've been in San Francisco since 1990. So That's great. You've uh, seen it change quite a bit. I've seen a lot of changes, and I continue to see it evolve for, mm-hmm. for good and for bad, you know? What are some of the good? What are some of the bad? Well, I'll go to the bad first because we like to end on a good note. I, I, think, uh, I think directly affecting me and directly affecting our business and the way we operate is uh, quite simply it's become a very unaffordable place for young talent. And uh, so there's a dearth of that young talent, and it's very hard to staff a kitchen, specifically. Cooks don't make a lot of money. That's a shocker, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't. When you don't have a lot of money, specifically in San Francisco, you don't have a lot of choices. And so we don't have have choices. And I think you're starting to see in San Francisco the dumbing down of some food programs. Um, you're also starting to see um, some desperate moves by chefs. Interesting. Yeah. What are you doing to kind of counteract that? I am putting it out to the universe again and again and again that w- that we need great cooks. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm spending a lot of time with my managers, um, trying to make our environments really friendly. I've been really lucky. And uh, I'm a chef that spends a lot of time with my cooks. And I'm a gentle guy. So we don't, we don't rule by fear. And so we have a lot of loyalty that happens. But cooks move on, you know? And mm -hmm. I have, it seems like we have an underground railroad to Portland right now. <laughs> Is that <laughs> where you're getting most of your cooks from? No, that's where they're going. Oh. So we are the, like the last stop before um, Portland sucks them out. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and it's Portland and Seattle and, you know, uh, i got a guy going back to Austin, Colorado. I feel and like everyone's migrating. Yeah, and what happens also is that uh, cooks come out for a, a period and then home beckons them back. The East Coasters go back. Nobody's from here, you know? Yeah, no. Um, so family becomes important. And, uh, and there are lots of reasons for this particular predicament. Mm -hmm. but, but that's where we are right now. And so no, that's the that's bad of San Francisco. It's an expensive place to live. Yes. And so that's, that's one thing. The good of San Francisco is that there's no better place on the planet to cook. The produce is, yeah, it's, it's humbling. That's and that's my draw. That's what brings those cooks in. You yeah, know? and I'm going to ask you a lot about ingredients. Well, that's what I minute, love talking about. So I do no want to talk a little, a little bit more about your background because that is a mm. very unique background that you've moved around so much. Has that influenced at all your, your cooking or how you got into cooking? Well, I mean, I've been here my adult life, you know, yes. uh, arriving at 19 where I wasn't an adult and, you know, staying all through this, this time, I've really grown up in this. So I've been, I've been very, very lucky. You know, my influences in the beginning have very little to do with how I cook now. I wasn't one of those, like, uh, raised by grand mare uh, on the foie gras and, you know, drinking the goose fat, you know, in, instead of the, the milk. No, I came from, like, you know, mediocre food background. So how did you um, get into it? I was a big kid and uh, I wanted a car. And I told my parents I wanted a car. I was about 14, and I could get a license at 15 in Houston. Mm -hmm. And they said, you want a car? Great. Get a job. And so what's a big kid going to do? I just fell into the restaurant business. And through adrenaline or uh, you know, some cash in my pocket or whatever the case may be, I just fell in love with the business. I compounded that by when we moved to Los Angeles, being kind of a depressed kid. Mm -hmm. at, at 15, it's not a good time to uproot. Nope. And so I quit high school at... 15, 16, and kept working. And so I, then I was stuck in the business because I didn't know anything else. Did you feel stuck at the time? Or did no, you feel like all. you, you could all. make I your just, way? I had to survive. You know, I just had to make, make do. And, uh, and so I just kept rolling with it. <clears throat> I was in college for about 10 minutes. Couldn't find a parking space. <laughs> Signed from God, obviously. And I just kept cooking. Uh, at about 19, I got serious about it, uh, serious enough to say, what should I do? And what changed? T you mean from not serious to serious? Yeah. It was that time where, you know, my friends were starting to go to college, and I had to, and I had to prove to my folks, I'm a nice Jewish boy, and my son the doctor, my son the lawyer, makes that has resonance. My son the cook, not so much, you know? So I needed them on my team, and how to do that was give it some credibility, and credibility was something scholastic or vocational at least. So I came to San Francisco for culinary school. That's wonderful. Where did you study? Well, I didn't really study anywhere, but I certainly came to culinary school and had a great time, ate good food, cruised chicks. Well, you know. Lived the life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, I came to San Francisco, and that's where food was. And, um, and then very quickly learned from, you know, uh, the local chefs that it's... it's um, 
not so much what you do, but who you do it with and work with the best. And that's what I did. I immediately found great mentors, really wanted um, the, the acknowledgement of a hard worker. That's I like that. And uh, began to work very, very hard for great people. Do you want to give a shout out to any of your mentors? Oh, all of them. I, 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 love, I love them today for what they did to me um, and for me. And uh, so somebody like Roland Passo at La Folie, who's an OG and been doing it for a long time. Uh, Gary Danko, who dined with us two nights ago and um, still to this day, you know, he, they, they each teach you something different. Gary hooked me up with a woman named Madeline Kamen, who is a, is a great teacher. And then just even people, you know, uh, watching, you know, Jacques Pepin on TV and reading his books and uh, Julia Childs and um, Judy Rogers. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of women, to be quite honest, um, who were the beginners, uh, as I learned recently, um, as I started to study, like, how, how did this California cuisine come about? The thing that we are so Farm entrenched in. Absolutely. These were all the women. You know, yeah. so Bella Krauss, and of course, this woman named Alice. I don't even know her last name. Definitely Joyce Goldstein. You know, on and on and on. Barbara Tropp. Yeah, um, and I, I love that it's it's about who you partner with and who your team is. So who, you know, who are some of the important players that make up the Nopa team? Oh well, well, Nopa is 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 firmly firmly led by some wonderful people, specifically my kitchen. My kitchen is led by a young man um, who's been working here for 10 years with me. That's awesome. Um, and if you look over the banister, we're, sa- we're sitting upstairs right now, you'll see the only smiling 24-7 uh, smiley boy. He looks like he's got like... like um and with the beard? No, no. Uh, nope. Alejandro is, is standing there. We'll, we'll add visual aids to this later. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, he's a master. And about seven years ago, I looked at him and said, okay, I don't think you can ever leave, so I have to give you a title. And he's become the chef de cuisine. So he drives the menu now. That's great. Um, and I just, uh, just ten minutes ago, we were having a meeting, um, all of our, the sous and I, the sous chefs. I said, Alejandro, people work here and they stay here because of you, you know? And they do. That's wonderful. Yeah, he's... he's I couldn't do this without him. Yeah, it's so important to retain great people. And Absolutely. It sounds like you've got a wonderful team. I do have a wonderful team. And then, and then connected to that are the two daytime Sues, Stefan and Melissa, who are my favorites. Um, Patrick and uh, Steph, uh, uh, Patrick at night uh, with Michael are creative geniuses. And then we, I think we have the best pastry chef in San Francisco. Really? I think we do. And I don't want her to know that. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll bar her from the interview. Yeah, being yeah. Able to listen to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But but uh, Hannah Ziskin, um, if she ever leaves, we're done. We're closing. What's Hannah Ziskin's, Zin- Ziskin's um, best pastry? The thing she is making at in the moment is what it is. Because just uh, just before you, I have a terrible terrible job. Let me explain it to you, okay? <laughs> I walk Please in today. Do. I sit down at a table, and she brings up a tasting of three different chocolate muffins that she's. Uh, deciding which to do for this week's brunch. Torture. Absolute torture. Are you sure you don't need somebody to take that off your plate? Right. I'm very happy Literally off my plate. Real, uh, and all I have to say is something like, I like that. Maybe maybe nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, yeah, great, nuts. <laughs> and then and then I look smart, and she looks like, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's so good. So, yeah, that, Nopa has attracted some fantastic people. Yeah. And uh, the buzz about town definitely agrees with you. 
I, I do want to talk about ingredients. Oh, I know good. that's important to you. And that so when you hear that word, what does it mean to you? That means my life, you know? That means I, I'm ingredient focused every day. I'm the guy who's lucky enough to go on a Tuesday to two markets, on a Thursday to two markets, and on a Saturday to a giant market. Which markets? I go to the ferry building in San Francisco three days a week, and then I head to Berkeley on Tuesdays, and then I head to Marin on Thursdays. Nice. And I am able to procure the best of the best. I mean, it's amazing. There's got to be a lot of competition there for finding the best produce. Yes and no. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about cooking in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in the Bay Area in general, is that we are not competitive like that. Oh, good. It's it's very rare where you'll find a chef that says, I want all of it, don't give it to anybody else. Rather, my experience always is, hey, Lawrence, how's it going? If you want good butternut squash, head over to that dude. <laughs> because, you know, we all we all celebrate our farmers here. Yeah. And uh, and, and they're, they're having a hard time, especially with drought. And then now this El Nino, which I'm, I'm sure is doing... Yeah, there's going to be a weird effect. There's not a lot of planting going on right now as it, it's raining outside. But, but we are very protective of those guys. It's pretty amazing how San Francisco or Bay Area chefs get together and do good things. I'm proud to be part of that community. That's great. So you must run into a lot of characters then out in that community as well. In oh, they're hilarious. Any, yeah. any great stories? Oh, a thousand. You know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the guy they know. They know as the guy who tells the bad jokes. Oh, please give me some. A bad joke. Oh, yeah. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I love a good bad joke. Yeah. Well, no. This is okay. So, sex with four people. I mean, we're gonna get into it. Sex with four people. They call that a foursome. <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. Three people having sex. A threesome. Exactly. Laura, is that why they call you handsome? And now for something completely different. How long has NOPA been open now? NOPA started, we're we're rounding 10 years. Yeah? Do you remember your first day of opening? Oh, God. I don't. And and I think I remember why I don't. Um, People say that we ran out of food. Oh, no. Yeah. You just blocked that out from your memory? I blocked a lot of it out. Um, I remember it was my last day ever of doing Tai Chi that morning. Tai Chi, interesting. I did Tai Chi for a couple of years, and I loved it. I loved the moving meditation. It was very good for my soul. That's great. Um, but I remember that last day, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, I said, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. Even though I know I'm going to be working a lot, I'm going to keep doing this for balance. So I was there in a class, which is like maybe a block away from here, in a, in a oh. yoga studio. And it was about 8 in the morning, and we were like getting into it. And suddenly I heard, um, I, and I wasn't focused because I knew we were opening tonight. And I heard um, a fire truck go by, and I was like, Shit, we're on fire. And I ran out, and I've never been back since. <laughs> um, All right. Maybe one day you'll get back into Tai Chi. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, okay. uh, yeah, that was, so that was 10 years ago. Unbelievably 10 years ago. Unbelievably. Yeah. So in a previous interview, I've, I've actually heard you say, we're not scared to feed people. And I was kind of re- wondering what that means. You know, what does it actually mean to feed people? Well, you know, if you really look at it, what we do in this, in this space, uh, 4,000 square feet, um, with not a lot of it being kitchen, you know, we have we have a, a fair amount of um, dining room space. We have 136 seats. I mean, technically, there are three toilets, so we have 139 <laughs> seats. But uh, um, we feed people in the 136 um, for a long period per evening. We start at 5 o'clock at the bar, 6 o'clock dinner starts. So we go to 1 in the morning, which is not very San Francisco, mm-hmm. but um, it, it sure is a great way to extend a service. So we cook for eight hours, cook, 
you know, where most pe- restaurants cook for four hours, mm-hmm. um, a service. During that service, we'll have anywhere from 350 to 520 people come through, plus two brunches that are about 315 to 320 to 330. Wow. We feed 3,500 people a week in this space. Now imagine in your home having 3,500 people come through. You know, it'd be the, messy. It'd be, it'd be real messy. messy. Your place would be torched. You know, like a, um, that's a lot of chicken. <laughs> you know. So when I say we're not afraid to pe- feed people, we're not afraid to feed a lot of people. It's awesome. Simply, stuff that they understand, stuff that y- you know your your grandparents would understand. Um, the menu is designed not to confuse anybody or intimidate. You know, you want to come in here and have a great burger. Have a great burger. I'm down with that. Last year we served. 28,706 burgers. Well, it's an award-winning burger. Well, I don't know if it's an award-winning burger, but <laughs> I would eat it. Um, but, w- you know, Hannah makes the buns. You know, my friends in the daytime cure the bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, uh, the butcher, Wade, grinds that meat every single morning, grinds chuck every single morning, every single morning. And we taste it right then and there. We grill over almond, mm. you know. We pickle, you know, onions from a great farm down south called Catalan. We hand cut 2,000 pounds of French fries a week, a ton of French fries. Somebody's job for two hours a day, three hours a day. There's a lot of love in that, in that one burger, you know. I'm glad you fed me before this interview. I'm I'm now starting to water again. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I know many chefs plan their menus around ingredients that are in season. So I was just wondering, what is your favorite season when it comes to cooking? It's the season of the moment. There, there are definitely more challenging times to cook than others. We're in one right now, specifically for pastry. You know, if if pastry is based around seasonal ingredient, mm-hmm. winter where we are right now is. You know, what do we have? We're at the tail end of persimmons. Yes, we I've seen Bruce Hill massaging those persimmons. Yeah, and you know what? He he gives me one. He gave me one last year, and it was delish. That's fantastic. Um, but uh, we're at the tail end of that. Pears are pretty much gone. Apples are storage apples now, so they're not as you know crisp and delicious as they were. We have what citrus, and I mean uh, there's a lot of citrus right now. There's you know beautiful grapefruit and blood oranges and caracaras and kumquats are on their way and lots of different tangerines, etc. But it's still all citrus, so this is a hard time for yeah. that. So, but it's also kind of the the time to braise in the savory kitchen. It's time. It's the time. Although San Francisco is cold a lot of the year, and it's always appropriate to have something stewed, it's now like legit. Yes. You know, um, Thank so you, El Nino. super super comfort food. You know, this is a good time to do those long cooked things that we're very good at. And as was explained to me a long time ago, and what I understand, what we are very good at, um, what we really do provide is not just food, mm-hmm. is we provide time. We sell time. Taking away the moments that make up a dull day. Fritter and waste the hours in an off-hand way. Picking around on a piece of ground in your hometown. Waiting for someone or something to show you the way. And I didn't understand this as a concept. Okay, so the concept is this. You're a busy person. Are you going to braise a lamb shank for four hours? I wouldn't even know where to begin. Exactly. I have time to do that. So I'm going to sell you that time, hopefully with a delicious lamb shank at the end of it. 
But that's the idea. That's what I can do. And that's what my, uh, my, my crew and I do is we take a long time to produce delicious slow-cooked foods. And that's what we sell you. That's more valuable than a, a little dining experience. No, you're getting food, a, me- a, a delicious meal, and a time machine. Right. I mean, if you want to go deep, I think that's that's what we do. My favorite season, their favorite, all of them are favorites for different reasons. You know, <laughs> I get so excited about the first strawberry. Actually, I get so excited about like the tenth strawberry. <laughs> you know, the first because one's not usually well, I bring the first ones in, and then <laughs> and then and then I buy like the you know four days into it. The, the first asparagus, the first morels, the first peas. And you're getting all these from the, the local farmer's market. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Town. Absolutely. Fantastic. And then when, when you're sick of asparagus, suddenly, you know, the tomatoes and the peaches and the, and the corn and the, um, the sh- you know, the chanterelles. And, and then when you're done with corn, oh, my God, winter, you know, winter squash. Yeah. I know. And the apples and the pears and the, ah. <laughs> what percentage of your menu would you say is seasonal? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's not at a farmer's market, it's not on our menu because that's what I'm shopping. It's fantastic. So if you go into our walk-in or you walk around our, our pantry right now, it's very recognizable. You know, um, if you go to the farmer's market, you see our menu. Nice. Wanting to know a little bit more about some of the characteristics that you look for that you demand of the people that you're working with, especially in the kitchen. Oh, it's very simple. I hire on a very simple basis, and I uh, tell every single person who comes in that this is what I want. And if they are these three things, they can stay. And if they're not, eventually they're going to prove themselves. In Pay a, attention, in everybody. Okay. In an interview, you can fake some of these things. When you work in a, in a, in a bustling kitchen, you cannot for long. You have to be hardworking, smart, and nice. Interesting. Yeah, I can definitely teach hands. I cannot teach heart, you know? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You can't teach somebody to care the way that it looks like uh, your team cares about people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and any of those things can go wrong at any moment. But hardworking, smart, and nice, if you get enough of those people together, and, I mean, we have 32 people in the kitchen on staff, you know, throughout the week. If 32 people are hardworking, smart, and nice, I think you can cure cancer. Uh, ingredients for success. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. More ingredients. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us as far as, you know, you want to share with listeners and fans of, of NOPA? I, I am so grateful for, you know, all your asses in our chairs. <laughs> I, I really am. I, I never take it for granted that we will be busy night to night. And so far, it's been 10 years, knock on wood, and I'm, I'm doing that, that we've been able to, you know, keep going. It's such a fragile business. You know, the bottom line is so tiny these days. Um, this is not a business to get rich in. This is not a business to get famous in. This is a business, if you really, truly feel that you need to feed people and you're quite willing to do that and, you know, plunge a toilet and, uh, you know, you know, uh, clean well, something you on a sure floor. Three, and three extra seats are open. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. and wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> um, no, it's not a glamorous business at all. Um, but, man, I, I don't know, it is so fulfilling to hand somebody a plate of food and to have them feel the intention, I don't think I will ever tire of this. I'm gonna leave it up to you So long, so long goodbye
passing by. MadcapDC.org on Facebook and Twitter at MadcapDC.